Hello and welcome to Wayward Witch, a pagan podcast. My name is Miranda and I'll be guiding you along this journey to explore non-denominational witchcraft for the modern practitioner every Wednesday. You can find us on your preferred podcast provider or by following the links on Twitter at WayWitchCast or on Facebook and Instagram at WayWitchPodcast. Feel free to reach out for questions, concerns, or even just a chit-chat, as I do love to hear from all of you. Let's walk this path together. As mentioned in the last episode, today's topic will be on the 12 houses of your astrological chart. One of the questions I received regarding this topic was from my dear friend and first love, Preston, who had asked if they're fixed or mutable or changing over time. So to quickly answer that question, they're fixed and don't change as you get older. Your placements don't change as they're indicative of the star and planetary alignments from when you were born, where you were born. So thank you, Preston, for the question. This will all be a very brief summary since entire tomes are written regarding astrology. So if you're listening for definite answers, I hate to disappoint. Take today's information as a launching point for you to do further research on. After all, the pillar of our faith is to research, research, and do more research. At the end of the day, and at the end of the episode, I'll suggest further research for you and reading, both free online and books you can buy from a retailer of your choosing. So let's get started. Aries governs the first house, and it is ruled by the planet Mars. This represents the way others see you, your general impression on people, and your spontaneous reactions, and is more commonly known as your rising or ascendant sign. In the last episode, we had gone over what each sign represents in defining roles such as the sun and moon, and those definitions could be applied here. For example, I'm a Libra rising, so the way I come across to others would be very Libran. Taurus governs the second house and is ruled by the planet Venus. This represents material values and security. Aries on the second house cusp can speak of a person's inability to enjoy the soft, slow things of life and struggle with tenderness. This can be a rough position that forms a rough personality unless feminine planets like Venus and Neptune and the moon are strongly represented in their horoscope. Taurus in the second house is obviously the most natural position in this placement. People born with it have the ability to recognize value of all things, relationships, other people, and experiences in life. If they give in to guilt of any kind, whether through self-guilt by beating themselves up or through others' guilt trips, the quality of their relationships will suddenly drop and they could have a hard time recovering from taking too much responsibility, often leading them to completely cutting off emotional attachment to others. These individuals were born to enjoy our material reality and should always remind themselves to do just that, no matter how great the urge is to cave in to living in idealism. Gemini in the second house can represent a trickster position and speak of, speaks of someone who makes money from shady activities, especially if Mercury is in retrograde or set in the sign of Pisces. This is someone who can profit from writing professions, nomadic endeavors, speech talents, or trading skills. 
these natives aren't too keen on stability or security, so rather than having a serious job that will bring a lot of deep, stable satisfaction, they seek out endeavors that will allow them their own creative spin on things. Cancer in the second house is someone capable of working from the comfort of their home, or someone who relies on destiny to bring them their wealth. It gives them the ability to find incredible joy in food, cooking, and family gatherings. This is a position that accents one's inner search for gratitude and love, and it will often speak of their genetics or ancestry in attempt of personal gain. This sign also speaks of people who gain inheritances that they spend from birth, like trust fund babies. Leo in the second house lends itself to theatrics, and those who are placed here benefit from that by having the innate ability to simply pose or act to gain their financial security in the world. These people are very confident in their security as far as materials and finances, but have the tendency to be vulnerable to other people's opinions when it comes to their own value. This placement is also heavily ruled by ego, for the outcome of every situation links not only to self-worth, but also to self-respect. This can be challenging if a person isn't brave or strong enough to face all obstacles that life has to offer. The second house in Virgo brings Venus to its demise. Since Venus is a natural ruler for the second house, we can see that the challenge here is to actually values, value oneself instead of searching for faults in everything that they do. Money comes from hard work, dedication, and attention to detail in this placement. Everything they get is hard-earned and well-deserved. If they are a, if they are strong Mercury, if there are strong Mercury placements in their chart, we can see someone rational and capable to fix anything that comes their way. The second house in Libra gives it gives an individual a sense of self-worth through relationships with other people, preferably romantic, since this sign is ruled by Venus. In a poorly set position, this can make a person see their partner as an extension of their material possessions. It can also make them vain and jealous of other people's things. This is a predisposition <laughs> to make money working with other people in a team or through relationships, whether platonic or romantic. With the second house in Scorpio, this speaks of finances left to us by our predecessors. Depending on their forefathers, this can be a blessing or a curse, since it greatly depends on those that were here before we came into this world. This is also a position that's indicative of a debt that has to be repaid, and it's not always easy to comprehend. This position, this is a position that challenges a person to find joy in the material world through change and acceptance that the energy has to flow and circle at all times. Fun fact, this is actually my second house placement. While I didn't get the good end of the stick here, I can definitely attest to the sentiment that we must accept and ride the waves of change and accept all of that in order to not go insane. Plus, change can be kind of fun, especially when you don't put your sense of self-worth into material possessions. No shade intended. If the second house is in Sagittarius, it's hard to hold on to money. This is obviously someone who can profit from teaching, philosophy, or travel, but the amount earned will be spent quickly. 
These people tend to eat too much, spend too much, as well as earn too much, or be in any way unrealistic about their own worth and the value of things that they do. For as long as there is enough depth and common sense in their approach, here lies the seed for true satisfaction and earthly happiness. If the second house cusp is in Capricorn, this is often seen as a cross of destiny that cannot be changed. The greatest problem here lies in the guilt carried in their soul that leads to unfortunate circumstances and mistakes made in finances or their eating habits. This is not a position that will forgive much. A lesson that needs to be learned in Capricorn is always learned best through rest. As long as they are in a constant state of gotta do the thing, they won't be able to become satisfied with anything that they have. As a second house Aquarius, the only constant value the person will recognize will be seen in their friendships and common goals in the society, while it will be pretty hard to remain stable in one financial approach. This is a person that has a need to take great financial risks, just like they will take risks with their health and all the things their body can handle consume can handle consuming fast food and junk food way too often for their liver and heart to take in. In most cases, the first house of someone born in this second house position is set in Capricorn, adding a new dimension to their use of their energy when creating anything in the material world. Stable and with a strong plan, they seem to find liberation through money, and this will often make them strangely irresponsible and full of surprises financially. The second house in Pisces is seen as someone who doesn't know where their keys are, just like they aren't sure where or when they will be able to earn something of their own. The complicated thing here lies in the fact that delusions with Pisces tend to take over, and one can feel truly and deeply satisfied without having much, just like they can overestimate their abilities in certain fields. The main goal of a person in this case is to follow their true calling in a mission they are supposed to fulfill in this lifetime, for this is the only thing that can bring enough real satisfaction to their life. Now, I'm going to be blatantly honest here. This is a lot of information to not only research and type out into the wee hours in the morning on a Wednesday, but I also like to condense these episodes to around 15 to 20 minutes a pop so that you don't have to experience any burnout when listening. Therefore, I'm going to stop this episode's list of information here at the end of the second house for a few reasons other than timing. I want to be able to give everyone listening the opportunity to dig a little deeper on their own in the coming weeks and months as we continue to explore astrology more in depth, so as to nurture the spirit of research as mentioned in the beginning of today's episode. I also want to be able to move on to other subjects in the meantime and add astrology episodes intermittently over time so that we can refrain from making this another astrology-based podcast. On another thing, I understand that I can get into the habit of droning on and then I start kind of like losing a rhythm. Um, I didn't notice during recording this episode that I had to stop and go back and go, wait, what did I just say? because it it all just kind of muddled together. It's currently 4:48 a.m. <laughs> in the in the Midwest over here. So, it it becomes a little taxing and I don't want that to reflect to all of you as well. So, that's that's kind of why we're we're stopping today. Um, but don't worry. We we are definitely coming back. I I promise. Um 
as far as the types of websites that you should be looking into as far as free research, um, I can do a quick Google search at any time and go and, and use terms like the, the houses of astrology explained or Googling um, how to read a birth chart, or you can use the word natal, which is N-A-T-A-L, in order to get some of that information as well. I understand that not everybody is going to be a one of the, the types of learners that learn things by reading, a reading learner or a visual learner. I understand there's a, a lot of different ways that all of us can, can figure things out. Personally, I'm a kinesthetic learner, so I like to learn things by getting my hands on it. So there are websites available that do give you the option to go ahead and, you know, try things out yourself. And a website that I found that actually offers that as an option while trying to teach you about the houses is astrology42.com slash how-to-read-read a dash birth dash chart. Um, I understand that's a lot of take in. So I will go ahead and link that on Facebook later and try to get that over onto Instagram. It is going to be a very busy day for me. So if I don't get that onto social media as soon as possible, I do apologize. Um, as far as books, I personally believe that the greatest book that you can get your hands on is, as far as astrology and how easy it is to read, is the book, the only astrology book you'll ever need, I think it's called. Um, it's widely, it's widely available. You can get it at um, used bookstores, you can get it at Barnes & Noble, you can get it on Amazon. Um, it's, you can just type in astrology book and it's probably going to be your first selection there. Um, I did used to own this book. It is massive. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of information there to take in if you're a reader type. So go ahead and give that a look, give those websites a look, dig in a little bit deeper, try to, you know, get the gears of research going. I want to thank everyone for listening today, especially since for the past two weeks, I have been incredibly sick and unable to record. Um, I had actually written this episode last week and was all ready to record it the next day, and um, viral complications did not agree with me, unfortunately. Um, so thank you again, as usual, for, for being so kind and, you know, accommodating. Um, also a gentle reminder that while essential or essential oils and urban herbal remedies are super great, um, nothing kills a fever like good old NSAIDs like ibuprofen and cinnaminophen, uh, because modern medicine can be magical too. I also want to give a huge shout out and the biggest thanks to our patron, Gina S. I don't want to drop your last name because I, I don't know if that's okay with you. Um, and I do hope that I pronounced your name properly. Um, for, you know, she, she contributed to our podcast over on the Wayward Witch Patreon. Um, you are a whole dang goddess, honey. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, hopefully this retrograde has been kind to everyone as much as it's been to me. Um, because I, I did hear that 
all of the retrogrades this year are going to be in water signs and as as a Pisces I'm pretty souped about that it it went pretty nicely for me um, I did go on to a spiel here in in the writing that I have before me um, kind of making fun of everybody about haha it's not gonna affect us this year and blah 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 um, and then uh, right after I wrote that I wound up getting very sick so I'm not gonna make fun of anybody um, I do hope that everybody is recovering now that it's officially over though um, all jokes aside um, I do apologize if I'm not going to be very um, receptive on social media for the next little bit as I do head to Pennsylvania tomorrow um, and I will not be back until Sunday so if you are reaching out please be a little patient um, I will do my best to still keep in touch through all of the birthday festivities um, I will also be doing it and I as a reminder I will also be interviewing and answering a lot of questions that my friend Sarah will have um, the audio quality will be a little bit weird because I'm not going to have my recording set up like I usually do, but I, I think it'll be worth it, especially to have a voice that's not just me in your ear all the time. Um, I will try to make sure that she doesn't make weird goblin noises for those of you that do listen to me to fall asleep. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's all I've got for today. Um, and never forget, witchlings, be kind. Be brave. Be unstoppable. I'll see you next time.